Whatever it takes I know I can make it through A Degrassi Podcast With Kelsey and Holland too I know I can make it through Hi and welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast about Degrassi the Next Generation. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're going to be talking about Season 12, Episodes 31 and 32, Bittersweet Symphony. And because of the serious subject matter of this episode, we're just going to format this episode a lot differently. And we're not just, we're not going to go like point by point, scene by scene, and talk about like dumb fucking locker roommate subplots that aren't really that important in comparison to like the major storyline of this episode also like they already did that with toby and jt who cares yeah like can we stop <laughs> pretending that on like high school tv shows that moving into someone's locker is comparable to moving into someone's apartment yeah like also their lockers are humongous i will say at my high school they were literally a quarter of the size of that like, we didn't have, like, big, like, full-size lockers. No. So, it's like, you can fucking share a locker. Like, you just merged schools. Didn't you already have locker buddies anyway? Yeah. Also, Claire, what is your deal with hanging up posters all over? Like, <laughs> like share your space, you lunatic. The one thing I would want to talk about if we wanted to go there is, is the vampire show that, or movie or whatever, called The Vampire Psychologist, and what is that? Unclear. <laughs> Yes, it's definitely that, but, uh, but what, is what that? it consists of, I, I'm is not sure. Like, is it like an Edward Cullen vampire who knows how to read minds and he's a psychologist? I would maybe watch that show. I would definitely watch that show. <laughs> or is it a psychologist specifically for vampires Ooh. and like how they deal with becoming vampires? That would also be very interesting. I would watch it's either like of those shows. X-Men, but vampires. I would watch either, but just for mental health. Exactly. <laughs> I would watch either of those shows. Um, so that's like maybe the one thing I'd talk about. And we did it. We, um, we did it. Also, Dallas is trying to date Allie and she's like, your know. reputation. You're a bully. Which then leads into other things. But yeah, we'll get Oh, there. and my, I don't know. Maya is trying out for some symphony thing. I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't. And um, <laughs> that's kind of everything that happened and before. Cam is threatened by Zig. Yeah. And, and we're off to the races. So I don't even know how to start <laughs> this episode. Yeah. The song is called Bittersweet Symphony. Fitting, sure, 1997. We're done with the, the song discussion. It's going to be the shortest Although clip. it's a little more bitter than sweet. Yeah. For me. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah. I also can't remember, like, any of the, like, verse lyrics to that song, so I don't... I just remember it's a bittersweet symphony. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. I just know it's I remember the, the tune. of, um, Cruel Intentions. Oh, yeah. Oh, guys. I have... I've had, like, full body chills since yesterday. Yeah. How are you feeling? <laughs> also, don't know if spirit teams is a thing. No, um, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm just I totally of, forgot that that was a thing happening on this sh- on this at all. Yeah, I'm just I'm still in shock. I watched this episode this morning, and I did not know that this was going to happen. Um, and now I'm just at a loss for words on how to discuss it. I guess what we haven't even said what happened yet. Cam committed suicide in this episode and it was very shocking and that was what the entire second half second part of the episode was which also was like pretty unbalanced compared to the first so half. unbalanced because it took me forever to get through the first half because it was like a snooze fest and then and then i started the second half and i texted holland about 30 seconds in because i knew she hadn't watched it yet and i was like i don't know if i can uh, handle this emotionally to talk about so that's why we're kind of going off book yeah it's a it's a tricky subject to talk about because it is i don't know it is and like (laughs) i don't want to like say anything wrong or unhelpful or uh insensitive or i don't i don't know i um i feel slightly more equipped 
as an authority type figure to talk about this because it has been a thing that has happened in my life. Yeah. Um, I was in college, but you know, I was, I was, I was still like (laughs) 20. Um, it is never uh, an easy thing to deal with. It's like, you know, it's, it's suicide is just a different fucking animal entirely. Like it's, you know, when it's a friend, it's, it, it's just mm. there are a lot of confusing emotions that go hand in hand with that as i think was illustrated in this episode we can touch on how i think we should touch on how maybe each character that we saw reacted to the situation i guess yeah and how everybody's feelings are valid and how like or how realistic we think the show handled the grieving process of like the literally day after it happened, basically. Yeah. Um, it's you guys, this is going to be rough uh, for me personally, and it's just going to be rough in general. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, Do we want to talk about any other bullshit before? I think we talked about all the bullshit that happened in the first part. Of yeah. Claire and Eli try to share lockers. That kind of gets abandoned. Yeah, everything just gets abandoned. Everything gets abandoned, which is fine, except for the the spirit teams, because that comes back at the end. Yeah, which which okay, we'll address. Um, yeah, I don't know, and so I think we should talk a little bit about at least the plot lead up to this happening, because Cam has been struggling since we've met him, yeah, which we have acknowledged and. I feel like maybe occasionally made jokes that aren't like it just because we we kind of need to add levity sometimes to this stuff. So we'll like, you know, poke fun. I don't think we ever poked fun at Cam. I think we poked fun at Maya's reaction to Cam and how she sucked. Yeah. But I think we also still were like, I mean, she's a child and she obviously like she can't know everything about how to like react to someone who's clinically depressed when she doesn't know that he's clinically depressed. But she's just. We have the benefit of like getting being the audience, and we can see how she's handling things poorly. I yeah, guess. and also because she's so young, which I think is something we talked yeah. about. It's just it's hard when you like don't know what's going, and it's the same thing with life where you don't know what's going to happen, and you know we you can't you can try your best to police everything you say, but you know especially when it's like this kind of format, and we're trying to be like fun and light sometimes, even though we do have to like tackle serious issues with this kind of show like it's it's so hard to be like what is everything that I've ever said about this plot line did I say anything shitty like in the like just like not even in a like this is a way that I feel but like was I trying to make like because I tend to make dark jokes and it's like was I making a dark joke that I mean I could be wrong but I really don't think we said anything that callous about Cam's character I don't think so. I don't think so either. The whole time we've been like, he's clinically depressed. He needs to help. He needs to say he needs Miss Ove. Why did Dr. Tara just show up now? Where the fuck were you? Yeah, seriously. Where the (laughs) fuck was this person? Although I think she's a grief counselor. Like a a specialist. Specific grief counselor. For the situation. Which frankly could have used. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, we know that Cam has been struggling with this since we've known him. Yeah. Um, he literally broke. He jumped off of a freaking railing yeah. to break his arm so he didn't have to play hockey. Yeah. Ugh. I feel like he wanted to get more hurt when he did that. But that you can only speculate. That was, I mean, that episode was also shocking. Like he's been a he's been a walking warning sign since he's come on the show. And like nobody has seen the signs. And I understand that it's not a thing you can really see. And an, another thing is hard. it's not something you can prevent. You can do your best. If you see someone struggling, you can do your best. You can be their friend. You can talk to them. Um, you know, try to get them to go to therapy. Try to get them to, like, you know, you can call hotlines. You can try to get them to call hotlines. You can do everything in your goddamn power. You can talk to this person every single night on Facebook Messenger. They're still going to do what they want to do if they're not willing to get the help. Yeah. You and that's the thing with this episode is so many people are feeling guilty and blaming themselves for not seeing the signs and but they're children and even that they said exactly. But they're children, first of all. And second of all, even when you do see the signs, sometimes that just isn't going to fucking cut it. 
it's there's only so much that you can do you can try if you can try and even if you felt like you didn't try hard enough like you can only see the things that you see and you can't blame yourself for like missing something or you can't blame it's just like there's only there's only so much you can do there's only so much you can do there's no one direct cause for something like this it's a lot of little things and even if you feel like for example dallas was putting pressure on cam there's all that's only like a tiny part of what was happening and cam was already like really sad and not in a good place before that pressure was put upon him there's it's just like you can't take sole responsibility for something like this and there's only so much that you can do i guess yeah Yeah. i mean you just try to be there and do your best and especially when you're kids and you're under a lot of pressure and you know mental illness is so tricky and even if a person is telling you to your face like i want to do this uh, without physically putting them in like an institution which frankly especially when you're a teenager but even when you're just a friend i mean i my experience is only with younger but like it it's a that's a really hard thing if you're not like family or like married to that person or whatever forcing someone into an institution is extremely i mean it's complicated when you are family but it if they're over 18 they have to go by themselves or agree to go unless it's court mandated and if they're under 18 it has to be a parent or guardian you can't just be like their best friend putting them in an institution to try to get help like there's also just a tricky thing to try to present to someone who needs help but maybe doesn't think they do or is resisting that or it's a tricky thing just to be like you need to be here because that that that's not just saying it isn't going to be enough or even no. guarantee that that's something that's going to happen. No, and the only reason that I even say, like, putting someone into, like, an inpatient institution is because when someone, in my experience, is this adamant about this kind of thing and it goes on for a long time and no matter how much you talk to them and how much other people love them and talk to them, they're not going to hear it. And, yeah. the, and they're going to do what they want because they're out in the world and – the only reason that I'm like inpatient program is because they're literally monitored. But right. also I've had experience with um, another close friend where hey, that didn't stop them either. So it's like you can do you can do all of the quote unquote right things and it still isn't a guarantee guaranteed preventative no. measure. And this isn't to say that things are hopeless. Yeah, we're, we're sounding like. <laughs> true bummers and like there's no hope we're just really honing into like the survivor's guilt aspect because exactly. that's kind of all that we have to work with in yeah. terms of like experience or exposure or like and that's kind of what this episode tackles so we're not this is not to say that things are hopeless yeah. things are not hopeless you can always get help you can always get help for a person that you love things are not hopeless people can turn it around and get help and when they're ready and when they have really great support. What I'm saying is if you are trying to support someone and it doesn't necessarily go in the way that you want to go, that is not your fault. Exactly. And your feelings and responses are absolutely valid and everyone else has felt them before in different ways. Um, Which leads me to, I want to talk about everyone's reactions because there okay. were some that I like I, on as someone who has been here I have if either experienced felt or expressed almost all of these except for maybe Connor and Becky Baker yeah well oh god and Jake, Jake. who asked if his garden's gonna be haunted now <laughs> and I was just like no, I, I can't. I know that you want to bring some levity. I can't have levity right now. I'm like feeling feelings. I'm crying into takeout. Well, then like, Eli just slams him back with, nope, just me. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that scene was hard. We'll talk about Eli. Oh, Eli. Um, I don't know. Who do you want to start with? I mean, 
I don't know. We can start with Eli since he's the first person. We can go in order he, of reaction. We can go. Yeah. So he finds the body. He's walking with Claire and he pulls Claire into him and, says, and, and says, don't look. Go, go get a, Go get a teacher and call 911. Or the police or whatever, because yeah. I don't I don't know what the, the thing is in Canada. Go get the police. <laughs> I think it's still nine one one. Unclear. Um, I know it's nine 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 in Britain. That's all. I, that's all I know too. I'm like uh, I don't know what it is anywhere else. I don't know. And that's when I paused the episode and texted Holland and went for a walk. So I was like, yeah, this is what's gonna happen now. Um, and there was like definitely a part of me that was like, maybe it was just an attempt. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. I know that that's that was my denial kicking in. Of Me being too. Like, maybe it was just an maybe it's just an attempt. Maybe it's just an attempt because it felt so sudden. And but that's how it happens. Yeah. Um, oh, I know. I'm yeah. aware. Yeah. Just wake up one morning and um, it's oh. just. So let's let's yeah. start and with then, Eli. And then it just jumps. Okay, but anyway, I'm going. I'm look, looking at my notes, so I, my instinct is to just continue. Yeah, um, I feel Eli. like it's gonna feel better for us to just go person by no, person. No, I think that's but yeah. So Eli finds Cam, um, and he and just he stands in like the entryway to the greenhouse, and, and just, just his he, face like crushed my soul. Yeah. And then later, I think someone was asking him, like, what did it look like? And he's yeah. like, it looked like a dead body. Like, he's, he was like, it looked like a dead kid. Yeah. I think it was Dave who asked. Dave is yeah, another one that Dave. I was like, I can't deal with it. And Eli, like, is very silently struggling throughout this. Like, yeah. if you, like, blink and you miss it for half the time. Like, I feel like nobody's checking in on him no after one, this situation. No one is. Which is, like, that's no an extremely is. traumatic thing. Yeah. Also, he has experience with, like, loss in his, like, young loss, loss in his life. Yes. And also, and also mental illness issues. Yeah. Like, him crashing the hearse. I know we give him a lot of shit for it because we're like but that, it's a hearse but like but that was but that's like, like a suicide attempt, kind of it was like kind of, it, it was it was definitely a yes. cry for help yeah so he's struggled with similar issues he's been he has dealt with loss before of a girlfriend and he's you know and he is really like maintaining his mental health in a way that's very commendable yeah. and i'm like extremely proud of him and then but gets, can someone check in on eli yeah and not just like get high with him and ask him like and freaking Jake, he's like, hey, man, you know, if you hadn't found him, I would have because it was in my garden. So thanks for that. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I yeah. know you're high right now, but that's a really callous thing to say. Yeah. Oh, my God. Also, as a person who has been known to sometimes smoke weed, you don't just suddenly become an asshole. Yeah. You're, you're kind of stupid, but you're not like suddenly kind of a dick. Like, I feel like Jake just lacks I, emotional depth to begin with. Yeah. That's, that's, that's I not. I don't think that was, I don't think that was him intentionally being a dick. I think that was him being stupid. I think he's an idiot. And I think he's, he's like, like, leave, it's haunted. Ugh. Ugh. But now yeah, nobody's, ch- I'm worried about Eli. I, I mean, too. I'm worried about everybody I'm worried now. about everybody, but I'm worried about Eli because no one's checking in on him. And I'm like, wondering if this is going to come back and I feel like it will. It probably will. I hope he's going to see Dr. Tara. Because he he just real struggle because like he found it and my first thought was like oh no Eli's going to have like some PTSD and he's going to struggle with that. And I think after I think after that he he either talks to Dave or Claire. He Dave does the whole what did it look like? And he said like a dead kid which destroyed me. And then he asked Dave you know, he, oh, and he, someone asked. Oh, I think immediately after that, he asked if he's going to the vigil, and Eli's like, "No, I can't." Yeah, no. Claire asks him if he's going to the vigil because she's going to go, and he's like, "No, I think I'm. I'm just going to go home." And I was like, "Oh, that's a that's a warning sign." And he also asks Dave. He's like, "Your dad's seen a lot of dead yeah. bodies, right?" And Dave is like, "Yeah." And he's like, "How does he deal with it?" He's like, "I think he just kind of brushes it off." When he gets he home, he just like doesn't bring it home with him. He like, like forgets about it, and- I, which sounds not healthy. And like he's yeah, just compartmentalizing. Kind of oh yeah, he's like compartmentalizing. And Eli is like, "Wish I could do that." Yeah. Like, Why isn't anyone checking on Eli? Yeah, it's really sad. And then he's with Jake, and he like is like definitely not fully with it. And Jake is like trying to talk about this, but like in a really light way that I was struggling to watch and he's like and Eli's like let's play video games yeah so 
someone check in on so, Eli. Yeah. I think Eli is still in shock and has PTSD and he d- it's like it doesn't seem like he has anyone to talk to or no one's no one's like being there for him to like offer a space to talk. Yeah, and, and to maybe- be fair, maybe he's not the first person that they're thinking of cuz he didn't have yeah, a relationship with true. Cam. But so you I think understand. That at least Claire would maybe be like Hey, are you okay? <laughs> if we know anything about Claire, it's that Claire is extremely self-involved. Yeah. She's going to think about her, and she, I don't think she's going to... And as much as she loves Eli, I don't think she's thinking about him in that way right now. I need Bullfrog to, like, pop a squad in his room and be like, Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Let's talk. If I, anyone can handle this, it's Bullfrog. Yeah. I'd like to get that scene in the future. Yes, please. Um. So that's Eli. <sighs> And then do we want to do Maya or do we want to jump back to her later? I think we should do Maya towards the end. Okay. Let's do the Connor more. And Becky. Let's do the less like the tangentially spirit, related. The spirit week cancellation meeting. Yeah. Let's let's do that. Um, that will also lead into Dallas. Dallas and, and Ellie and Fiona. Um, so spirit week is canceled. Duh. Obviously. Um, and they're all sitting in a meeting and Connor's like, why is it canceled? I don't understand. And to be fair, you know, Connor is an especially specific case. So he's not really going to understand. Yeah. So Connor gets a pass, I guess, even though it did feel very harsh. It was pretty harsh, but I, but Connor, I feel like it's the type of thing where if someone sat down with Connor and explained what happened and explained why this is why everyone's reacting the way he would be like, oh, okay, I get it now. Whereas Becky still, Becky's just spouting the, it like suicide is extremely selfish. Like, why should we have to like suffer because of this person's decision type of spiel? Can we talk about this for a minute? Yeah. I hate this. Yeah. I hate it so much. It's, and I think that what Becky is saying is a very different thing than what Maya is expressing. Yeah. Because if you squint, they're very similar. But. Based on like surface level. Surface level. The words are similar. The words are similar. The thoughts behind them are very different. Because with Maya, it's coming from a place of hurt and a lot of complicated feelings that we will talk about that I understand with Becky it's far more removed Mm -hmm. it's kind of the way that like I feel like you know certain people like like media people and right-wing kind of people can like has that has like religious ties yeah it's definitely a thing that my father has said to me at a very inconvenient time (laughs) shout out dad um he he does his best he's just not emotionally helpful very often um but, you know, it's and it's just such a horrible way of thinking about that, especially when it's not someone that, you know, exactly when you're going to do it. So broad strokes, because it as much it's like, yeah, they're not thinking about their family. They it doesn't mean that they're not. A lot of the times they are a lot of the time. A lot of the times they think that this is like better. Make it better for everybody. Exactly. Like, it's not like Which a... Which is like a twisted way of thinking, but yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, and it's not true, yeah. but there are definitely a lot of people that that is where they're coming from. Like, everyone else is better off without me. And it's just so obtuse to be like, well, it's selfish. They're not thinking about their family. Because it's not like they're like, oh, this will show them. Although they're, that is they're, occasionally yeah. a thing. But like you know, it's 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 not a selfish act, and it's not a selfless act. It's nothing. It's, it's nothing. Just, it's just an act. It's just something that happened. Yeah, it's just it's a response, and it's it's just like if you were to say that about any other kind of action, it would seem a lot more callous. But it's like that person's not there to defend themselves. And it just seems even more harsh when you're like, that was selfish. Yeah. Especially since fucking Becky Baker, who up until this point, I was like getting really on board for Becky Baker. And now I'm like, you, she's, she's ignorant in so many ways that it's like, we just gotta, we just, we just gotta wait it out with Becky Baker until she figures her shit out. 
unfortunately, which yeah. is a pain, but also um, well written and a reality of a lot of people. Yeah. But she, but the and way that she like goes back to like we shouldn't have to cancel Spirit Week makes me want to throw up all over her face. Yeah, like specifically Spirit Week, where it's like supposed to like gather everyone together and like build like school spirit. It's supposed to be like a happy like celebratory event. And it just seems like, A, I don't think anyone's going to have a lot of spirit left after this kind of thing happens. But it's also no one's going to want to, like, celebrate something when something like this. Like, it just it's just like a, the wrong tone for the moment, yeah. Becky. Yeah. And just to get it out of the way, can we just talk about how Spirit Week comes back at the end of the episode? Yeah. That like, was- Fiona convinces Simpson that spirit week is going to be really helpful for everyone and like boost morale, which not dog. Maybe for some people who weren't super weren't affected by it. Yeah. Like personally or like we're only like tangentially and like don't really have any feelings about it and would love a distraction. And, you know, everyone handles things differently. Maybe you do just only want distractions and you don't want to wallow. But also I don't, I don't understand the whole, like, let's be really false positive all the time and, like, try to make it better that way. Like, don't get me wrong. Love a distraction. Don't want to think about my feelings. And I can understand wanting to, like, like, do work, like, be, like, surrounded by your friends and, like, maybe have a positive distraction like that. But it just seems like the wrong kind. Like, it seems like we should cancel Spirit Week and maybe do, like, like icebreaker like group bonding like let's talk it out activities yeah. or something like that rather than like let's play a football game let's play hockey yeah no I like it it's the wrong tone to yeah. me and it yeah it just it felt like just really tone deaf and like yeah no I don't like why are we lauding Fiona as a champion of the student body for getting spirit week back like hooray I don't that that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, it felt weird. But I like I understand the reasoning behind it. But I am still like not super on board with it. I don't know. That was confusing. Um, um, Dallas, what, uh, Allie, Fiona. Fiona? Uh, yeah, I mean Fiona isn't really saying a ton. Fiona's just kind of there for. Dallas, I guess. Yeah, but she's definitely, like, looking over at him and, like, keeping an eye. Yeah. And so is Allie. Um, and then Mo. Oh, God. Well, Mo's, like, doing the thing where he's, like, I'm trying to joke because I don't know how to handle the situation. Yeah, which is, we don't have to talk about, but I. But that's a thing. It's a thing that people do. It's a yeah. thing that I do. You yeah. know, I, I'm all over the place when I grieve, and I. I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm better at it than Mo, but I definitely <laughs> make the occasional dark joke to make myself feel better. And I don't, I try not to do it in a way that's insensitive to other people affected. Right. It's more of like, um, uh, like trying to deflect when I'm talking to someone who isn't involved. Right. Like my, this is totally unrelated, but my grandmother died like six months ago and I was talking to someone about it. And like I made a super dark joke and it was it was to a person who wasn't related at all to anything happening. And he was like, whoa. And I was like, he's like, whoa, that's dark. And I was like, you know, this is I don't actually feel these feelings. I just like I need to deflect because I need you to stop looking at me with sad eyes. Yeah. Yeah. No, like. 45 degree head tilt like oh how are you doing yeah like can like I just I can't deal with people looking at me with sad eyes so I'll like make a like real dark joke and so I under I understand that impulse from Mo because he like that's how he does things and he's uncomfortable he's like, uncomfortable I, I, I thousand percent can relate to trying to like deflect situations with humor when you're uncomfortable because it's like you don't know what else to do you don't know what else yeah. to say and it's totally the wrong tone and the wrong audience. And I don't remember Marisol, but I remember being annoyed with Marisol. I, yeah, I, I, feel, I like feel like she also she is in the Becky Baker camp. Maybe. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. That. Wait, never mind. No, I'm just I'm just projecting I think on Marisol. She was just she's organizing of, a candlelight vigil. Yeah. Yeah. She I think she's like, well, we should do something like 
let's hold the candle. Oh, that's it. She does. She talks about the candlelight vigil, and that's when Mozart is making jokes about how many candles. Candle store. So many candles. Oh, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Not your best work. This you've done better than this. Um, Um, and this is when Dallas melts down. mm -hmm. Valid, understandable. Have been there. He's angry. He's sad. He's blaming himself. He and And Allie follows him out, and he blames Allie because Allie talk to cam pretty much right before it happened like the night before it happened like she they, talks to like cam a lot of people talk to him right before it happened. yeah she talks to cam because he after getting suspended because he punched zig at the hockey game we never talked about that because whatever part of spirit week cam's threatened by zig because he's on like the same spirit team as maya which is dumb and he fights him and he um, fights him in a hockey game and he gets suspended um, mostly because Maya is not a ride or die. Let's be real. Oh God! Yeah, she's like, oh, she sold him out. She totally sold him out. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, after he gets suspended, he like goes and he like is like trashing a classroom. He doesn't realize Allie is there, and Allie sits is with him. That after he gets suspended? No, that's after Dallas yells at him. I think. Too. Oh yeah, it is after Dallas. So yells Dallas at him. yells at him because he's like, "Hey man, you're not the only one on this hockey team." Like. You got suspended from hockey. Like, everyone's counting on you. And Cam's like, I actually, I don't want to play. Like, he finally admits, like, I don't want to play hockey. Like, he's been so scared to say that. And he finally says that. And then Dallas is like, just because you're already in the NHL doesn't mean everyone else is. Everyone's counting on you. Like, and he stop like, crying, he, like, he, in front of everybody. It makes you look weak or something He's like, like it's embarrassing. And it's yeah. just, like, it's horrible. It's horrible. Can we talk about toxic masculinity? Oh, my God. Because, my lord... There's just, it's so frustrating to like, like, I mean, and you see it on like TV and stuff, but I've seen it in real life. I've seen it in real life too. It's the whole boys don't cry thing and it's bullshit. Like when you don't let boys feel their feelings and you call them out and you're like, you're weak, you're a pussy, whatever. It's not healthy. It's not healthy because it's not, it's just not healthy to hide your emotions. That's not how humans work. No. Humans aren't supposed to be like stoic holding all your feelings no every and every man i know that has had that kind of upbringing is so broken inside yeah. and it's like no just just let them do what they have to do like just because of your gender or your gender identity doesn't mean that like you aren't allowed to have the same feelings as the other gender or gender identity like we are all humans who feel things and people feel things in different ways and express them in different ways. And it's okay to not be like super emotional, sad if that's where you're at. Yeah. But if you have a kid who's crying, don't tell him to suck it up. Yeah. You it's know, so how about what's damaging. wrong? How can we work on this together and talk about it? And I know that that's like so like idealized utopia world and like not realistic. Mm-hmm. But I just want everyone to be nice to each other, guys. <laughs> you sound like the girl from Mean Girls. I just want us yeah. to be nice and sunshine and rainbow. Listen. You're going to walk into the grassy and then I'll shout. She doesn't even go she here. She doesn't even go here. But you know what? I feel like but I you do. you should. I should. God damn. You guys, I'm prickly on the outside, but soft on the inside. I just, You're a crab. I am a crab. You guys, I'm such a cancer. Um, but yeah, let, uh, fucking toxic masculinity. So after this whole Dallas's toxic masculinity bullshit gets to Cam, he trashes the classroom and he's crying and Allie's talking him down and she's like, buy your girlfriend flowers. And no one is addressing the right things with Cam. No. They're kind of doing like the surface fixes instead of the let's get to the real shit. Yeah. And like, I what's do- actually and- wrong. Exactly. And like that is nobody's fault. Like they are not equipped. Again, they are children. Even when you're an adult, you don't always know what to do or say the right thing. Exactly. You it, uh, you only kind of get better at this as you get older. Let's be real. And also, like, so part of it could be, like, you don't want to push too much because, like, if maybe you don't know someone very well and you don't want to yeah. be like, so what's wrong with, like, the inner workings of your psyche? Let's work through the And, like, when you're a teenager, there's no way that you're even no. going to be able to pick up on that or know no. the right questions to ask. Exactly. Especially if you're Allie and you don't even really know Cam. Yeah, she's she just tutors him. Because he's just listed off, like, a couple things, like, oh, I just said, 
I'm suspended. My girlfriend's mad at me. Everything's terrible. Yeah, and Allie is dealing with the thing that she feels most equipped to deal with, which is like relationship problems. Yeah, she's which, like, she's like, I know how girls work. I've been in a lot of shitty relationships. This is what usually works for me. Yeah. And so I understand that reaction. But I think a lot of this stuff is like, no one knows how to deal with this, especially Cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Cam is also far away from home. And I think that also plays a part into like there's not there aren't really a lot of people looking out for him while he's at Degrassi. Like there's only so much his host parents can do. Like I don't even know who he's staying with. No. Apparently um, people who don't care enough that let him sleep out at his girlfriend's yeah, house without seriously. calling. And it's like it just seems like no one's really like making it a point to look out for him, which like it again is not anybody's fault, but I'm sure I would hope that if you were staying with his mom, she'd be like, hey, honey, let's talk about this. What's going on? Because she's known him since birth. And like usually moms can pick up on that kind of thing. And I feel I feel like she could because she did a lot of checking in. A yeah. lot of, are you doing OK? You know, how are you feeling? Like she definitely did check ins. And but it's hard when you're so far away. Oh, his poor parents. His poor parents. Oh, it's um. so. So, yeah, so. So Dallas that, lashes yeah, out at yeah. Allie because he's blaming himself, but he's like, you talked to him and you didn't do anything. And that is not even a little bit no. fair, but blaming other people is another one of those, like, especially with something like suicide, like just a, a grief reaction when you're feeling guilty yourself and you want to project on someone else and be like, I, cause you, you can't handle taking all this blame on by yourself. Uh-uh. Yeah, but Dallas also still, even though he's assigning blame to Allie, he's also placing blame on himself. Oh, yeah, and he and, does it in the same sentence. Yeah, and I'm wondering, I can't and remember. And he's, he's crying and he storms off, he, basically. I think he says that, like, we failed him. I think yeah. he says that he thinks that they failed him. Yeah, and he, like, smashes the, like, hockey display yeah. and, like, basically storms off. And Allie is very hurt, but I'm also, like, like, can we all just be understanding of everyone's feelings? Yeah. <laughs> everyone's going to react differently. And no one, except for Becky and, you know, Connor, because Connor doesn't understand. Someone explain it to Connor. I feel like everyone's reactions to everything are extremely valid. Yeah. And then later, if we want to continue talking about Dallas. Yeah, let's he, stick on Dallas for a little while. I think, I guess it's the next day. I think it's the same day. The same day. It's the same. This it's is so all. Lo- it is all one day. It's all one it? day. Oh this is gosh. all the same day um, because they find him in the morning and everyone is yeah. at school. So yeah. this is all the same day. Um, Dallas is on the roof Drinky. and he's drinking and he's like very clearly like toying with the idea of jumping, which is, again, another reaction to this because, you know, they, they say that like suicides come in groups yeah. and that has been my experience as well. And, you know... And, and it's not always like one after the other after the other, but it's like there's one and then a year later there's another one in the same way. And yeah. it's it. Sorry. Um, it's just so, it's it, it's you know, and it's not necessarily like, a oh, they're copying. It's more like a, a this is how they dealt with it. And I don't know how to feel exactly. my own feelings so much that maybe that's a good idea for me as well. And it's not always or it's a, like I had been thinking about doing this and this person did, did it. And so so maybe exactly. Yeah. So it's not it's always like, a, like it's like opening a door that you were already kind of standing in front of type of a thing. Exactly. What I as how I would interpret it. Exactly. So for Dallas, this is definitely more of a like he wasn't thinking about doing this before, but he does not know how to deal with all of, his guilt all of and his sadness and everything that he's feeling because he feels like he let this person down and it resulted in a dead 14 year old. And yeah. 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 Let's let's reflect on the fact that this character is 14 years old. Ugh. Um. And it's just the it's heartbreaking. It's fucking heartbreaking. And so you understand where he's coming from. And, you know, I'm so glad he doesn't do it. And Fiona Fiona, comes onto the roof. Yeah. And she said, I heard someone was like people are saying there was a kid on a roof on the roof. Like, I'm glad I found you. You don't 
I have to do this. I think this is when Dallas says he was thinking about jumping, but he didn't. And Fiona's like, but you didn't. Come on. Like, you have so much to live for. There are so many people who support you. Um, please come here and do not do this. And she and, and he's like, no one would care if I was gone, which she's like, that's not true. And yeah. she like lists off people and he comes over and he hugs her and he's crying yeah. and it's just it's heartbreaking. And but Fiona like talks him through it and, and it's think, a good role for her. And she's like, now like we now we just start to find out how we can help people. And he's like, I can't help anybody. And she said, that's not true. And she's just being very, she's being very supportive. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that they're friends. Yeah. I know, because at the beginning of the episode, I think I wrote, like, I guess they're friends again? Because, like, before, she was still mad at him about the party. Yeah, so they were like, they, you know, I don't think they ever stopped being, like, they Buds. they were never really like friends friends though they were That's like true. they were like like kind of they were like you know bantery acquaintances yeah, yeah, yeah. like they weren't hanging but That's true. Yeah. And then is it at the end Dallas apologizes to Allie and then he's like next in line to go talk to Dr. Tara. Yeah. And and they do briefly discuss going on a date again. Right. Because we can't let anything go. Yeah. <laughs> Which fine I ship it. Yeah, fine. Also, I guess Allie's not fast-tracking anymore. Is that like 100% decided on? We never really I, got back to that. We never really got back to it, but I think so. Probably? I don't know. Oh. Um, not really the episode to figure that out. But. No, but I am glad that <laughs> Dallas... I was, more, I was wondering about it in part one. <laughs> Me too. Um, I am glad that Dallas decided to see a counselor. Yes. I think that is a huge step and a really great move for him. Um, and it's not necessarily something you would expect from, like, that archetype. Right. And I'm glad that they're just sort of breaking from that and being like, oh, no, he is going to do this because everyone should be doing this. And I also liked that Allie recognized, like, I need this, but you need this more urgently. And like, you're next in you're line. You're next in line, yeah. even though she'd been waiting longer. Right. And I, you know, Allie's a good person. I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that that was her And Allie does also, earlier when she, like, denies Dallas – earlier she says like tough love doesn't work on everyone when they're talking about how he was bullying cam and that yeah. also kind of rang pretty true yeah absolutely and i think it was an important thing that was said yeah <laughs> i don't know that many people that tough love works on at all i know right i feel like tough love is a myth tweet at us if tough love works on you it does not work on me it makes me cry again soft on the inside guys i don't know it might work on me I don't know. Depends. I could kind of see that. It kind of works on me because it's like, I don't know. I don't like feel, I don't, <laughs> this is a whole other issue, but I don't like being pitied or I don't like feeling like I'm stupid and you're like, oh honey, let me help you. I'm like, now get away from me. What are you talking about? I feel that. So. Again, dark jokes. <laughs> so I feel like tough love can work to an extent. Maybe, maybe. On, in some situations I think, with certain people. I think it's like real specific. <laughs> it's very specific. It's a very case by case thing. And it and it's also you have to do it the right way. And it's also like not when I'm like maybe have if I'm having a, a breakdown, maybe don't be like suck it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like that type of thing. No, it has to be like the right moment, yeah. the right person <laughs> and doing it the correct way. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, do we want to talk about Zig? Yeah, we can briefly go into it because if anyone is feeling guilt and should be feeling guilt, it's probably Zig. Zig. And again, I need to reiterate, it is not a person's fault. No. Nope. It is no one else's fault. It is no one's fault. Nobody's it is fault. The ha We can blame a lot of this on just straight up brain chemistry. Let's blame science. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anytime you want to feel guilty or blame someone for something like Just this. blame the way that get, someone's brain works. Get mad at biology, man. Yeah. Just be pissed about science. Anyway, um, yeah, so Zig is feeling guilty. He is like. He's maybe the last person who really. He's definitely the last person. To Cam. He's the last person who spoke to him and then Cam texted Maya and right. was gone. So. Cam and Maya, like, made up after the hockey thing, and he spent the night, and it was so fucking cute. Oh, that video. Oh, 
And he, like, leaves a video on Maya's phone because he had to leave early. And he, like, kidnapped her, like, hoot doll, like, stuffed animal thing. And he's like, meet me on the steps at lunch. Um, and we can negotiate. And while he's waiting on the steps, Zig sees him. And and Cam does instigate. Cam is gloaty and is like, yep, Maya and I made up. Like, no room for you. And Zig is like, you're a psycho. And I feel bad for Maya because she's going to have to deal with it. If you really liked her, you should just get out of her life. Which is yeah, a bummer bummer statement yeah i as much as i'm like mad at zig i would not want my worst enemy to trade places with him that is the most horrible horrible feeling he basically he basically he basically disappear yeah like i just can't even imagine like that feeling yeah and and, and he, he feels, does, and he feels guilty and responsible. And he has no one to talk to about it because he kind of lost his friends. And he tries to talk to Maya, and Maya's like, "Oh, good, thank God you're here. You're the only one who's going to treat me like a person," which we'll get to. Yeah. And Zig's like, "I feel so guilty. I basically told him to do it." And Maya's like, "I can't deal with anyone. No yeah. one wants to treat me normally. Everyone wants to talk about this." And then we don't hear from Zig again. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't. I'm sure. I mean, I would ho- hope that we do. I hope but. so too. I hope, but yeah. I hope it comes back. I By the time the episode ended, I like did not want it to end. I was like, no, I want to know more about how everyone is handling. Well, I'm sure we'll I'm sh- well, I'm sure we're this the rest of the season slash maybe the rest of the show. We're going to be seeing the aftermath. I hope so. Um, I, I it feels like Degrassi will do that because that's a very Degrassi thing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of people that we really don't have to spend a lot of time on, um, Katie is she has a, an immediate emotional reaction and then spends the rest of the episode being really freaked out by Maya's yeah. response. Which She's just trying to be like a supportive big sister, but her sister's not reacting in the way that she, her brain thinks that she should be reacting or she's just she's just confused by how Maya is acting. And that's the thing. And like everyone is going to grieve in different ways. And yeah. I feel like you cannot say that enough times because just because someone isn't grieving in the way that you want them to be grieving or that you have been taught through TV and movies that that is how a person should grieve. It, it doesn't mean that they aren't or that there's something wrong with them. People just need to process things in different ways. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no like correct way to deal with something, Mm-mm. but she's definitely freaked out because again, they're teenagers and like teenagers generally like it's you know your brain isn't fully like there with like understanding like full empathy brains done fully developed developing until you're like 25 yeah something like that yeah and you know i there i'm sure there were so many things that i said when i was that age or like responses that i had to things that would like make me cringe now because oh you don't know what the hell you're doing for me yeah (laughs) you don't know what the hell you're talking about or what you're doing or you're still figuring everything out and you know the some of the kids now look a little older but like let's like let's not forget that katie is like 17 or 18 yeah she just remembering last episode (laughs) yeah Uh, we'll get there um she's just you know she's 17 or 18 so the fact that her sister isn't reacting in the way she wants and her parents aren't around right now she is oh yeah their parents are out of town yeah god yeah and maya's 14 maya's 14 yeah well should we just hop into maya yeah we don't i don't think we have anyone anyone else um but yeah, so Maya and Katie are walking Maya, to school, and yeah. Maya's like, "Cam kind of broke up with me via text yesterday." Oh and- yeah, because after he talked to Zig, he sent Maya a text. I was like, "I'm not coming. It's, it's over. over." And it's like, "What?" <laughs> um. So, and then they see like uh, a police car drive by, and they see a fire truck, and they're like, "What is going on?" And then um, they run into the French, French teacher, teacher, and Maya is like. Is it okay if I skip French class to practice um, my cello? I, I have, like, a really important audition. And the French teacher is like, oh. She's like, you should go to see Simpson. You need to go to see Simpson right now. Yeah. And then she's like, Katie, you should probably go with her. And so then they go into Mr. Simpson's office, and Dr. Tara is there. 
and it's very ominous and I was extremely nervous before he said anything because I was like oh no it actually it actually happened and he tells them that Cam has passed away and that he was found in the greenhouse garden this morning where they thought believe he had like taken his life the night before or something like that and it's very shocking um I can't really remember the I think just the immediate reactions were like Katie was kind of doing all the talking and the reacting and she was immediately emotional and they're like you guys obviously don't need to go to class like you guys can go home Katie you should go with her I don't know whatever you want to do and Maya just says um I just want to all right well first I think Maya says wait no that's not possible I just saw Cam like yesterday or something and then and then she says okay well I just want to practice my cello and then we get a montage of like She's practicing her cello, and I don't really remember what else is happening. Katie's basically checking in on her, yeah. and Maya's like, no, I'm going to go to my audition still. And Katie's like, they'll understand. Yeah, like, we can call them and try to reschedule. And Maya's like, well, they don't always, they usually don't audition people younger than 16. This is a really big deal. And Katie's like, they're going to understand. Yeah. Um, And then once we find out the candlelight vigil is happening, Katie and Marisol ask Maya if she'd like to speak at it. But and they kind of talk her into kind of, it. Yeah. Because she was like, but my audition. Yeah. And they're like, well, you can't do both and you should do this. And yeah. she's like, oh, okay. And I understand. I just, that made me feel a little icky because I was just like, don't force her to do yeah, things. Yeah, I didn't don't like. Make, don't make her perform her grief. Like, yeah. just. And yeah, she is fully in denial and not handling it. But like, let's wait until she can be with an adult before we, you know, and like maybe it will help her and maybe it won't help her. But maybe it'll maybe it'll help her to just focus on the thing that she loves doing that will distract her until she can talk to someone. Yeah, I didn't really like how they pushed her into it. No, she like clearly didn't want to. Yeah, wasn't ready. But because it felt it fit their narrative, they, they were kind to of have like, like the grieving widow yeah. basically do the Which is, and that's also just even if she was like willing and wanting to do it, it felt weird to like have like his girlfriend go up and talk. Like I feel like I would be uncomfortable and really sad. I don't know, but I mean I don't know. I felt weird about it. Yeah. I felt weird about it. Me too. I just, I didn't, I didn't care for that. I didn't know if anyone needed to talk at the candlelight vigil. No. I just, I could have been like, what happened with the shooting for Jimmy? It's, it's just like, vigil on the steps, everyone's banding together. No, that's, that's it. I don't know. Just like, you know, Feel, if people want to talk, they can talk. If they don't want to talk, they don't have yeah. to. Yeah. And then, so then, yeah, but like. No one's talking to her. She's not dealing with it at all. And at Tori all. comes over to talk to her. Oh, right. And she snaps at her, which I understand. She, because, all right, so she asks Katie to, like, go get her some water or something. And she watches Cam's video. And my heart breaks. Ugh, and so it's so sad. And then Tori comes in right after she watches the video to like see how she's doing and she fully snaps at her which i understand she's in like a very tumultuously emotional place and she says don't be nice to me just because cam is dead yeah which killed me and and tori's upset but she like she She understands and she backs off which i i feel like is especially for someone like tori is like very emotionally evolved yeah it's not like she feels like the kind of person who would instantly like defend herself and she's like oh no i'm gonna i'm gonna take a step yeah i think tori was really good in this episode i agree um and then and then like and because cam is her friend too exactly and tristan's friend and tristan was so sad with tori Cheesy. we got we got like one brief clip of them just like sitting on the floor together mm-hmm. and i and i do wish we got yeah, a little yeah, bit we more because they, they were like his yeah, only other tori friends tristan. yeah yeah. Ugh. And then 
at I guess at the vi- well then we talked about how Zig she's like talk to me like a person and he's like I feel so guilty and she's like god damn it I can't talk to anybody about this yeah and everyone's like treating her with kid gloves and she's like not dealing with and like the they, situation. they have her like open the vigil like yeah they call her up like it's like she's getting like an, it's like, an event it, yeah it was, it I was, mean it is it, like it felt insane yeah it, it felt crazy like it felt it felt crazy it, it felt too, weird that it was, it was the middle like, of the afternoon yeah it was too structured it was like it was it was very strange and like but it's also like nobody really knows how to deal with this yeah. this is such a different feeling I feel like this than is anything like a else marisol thing to plan to be like we i don't know what to do we need but we, i know we need to do something let's plan a thing yeah um and fiona i think it was yeah, definitely a mixture of, of the two to like, be like just like the whole like a leadership group or whatever yeah um and then maya goes up and she immediately is like this is stupid and i was like yes it is <laughs> speak your truth she does and she does and she she, does. she publicly is like I'm pissed, basically. Yeah. Like, I'm angry. You know, he... Like, and it's very similar. It Like, surface level, again, sounds a little bit like the Becky Baker stuff, but it's coming from a place of trauma and hurt and anger. And, like, betrayal. Like, she feels yes, absol- let down. Absolutely betrayal. And it's like, I'm, I might get... And it's like, it's... Out of everyone's reaction to this... I felt most understanding and kindred with Maya, especially during this, because it's like, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, when my friend did this, it was, I went through almost all of these, yeah, you know, and that's what you do yeah. if you, especially if you're like kind of an emotional person, like, <laughs> like I very clearly am like you, but it's like you go through a million different things. And, but I think the one that I, I landed on hardest other than just like being sad, which you are. I think the one that I landed on hardest was like being so fucking angry. Just just so angry because the I just I mean, for for Maya, you know, she didn't pick up on the warning signs, but also she loved this person. He never came to her about it. And they like they talked all the time every single day and he was never like, I feel this way and I need help. And because he didn't spell it out for her, she felt betrayed that he would do this without thinking of her. And she's pissed because it's not fair. It doesn't yeah. feel fair. You should get more time with the people that you love. And when they choose to leave on purpose, it does not feel fair. It feels like they robbed you of something. And as much as you're sad and you hurt for them and, you know, it just – it. It feels like a slap in the face that they wouldn't stick around. And like, you know, for my case, it, it was different because I would it as shocking as it was, it wasn't a huge surprise. And it was just because this person did talk to me about it all the time. And when I say that I would talk him down like minimum once a week for years, like yeah. It's not an exaggeration. Like I know we've talked about this some, sometimes <laughs> daily, and it was just and just to be like I sp- like I I've I talked to my therapist about it like a couple years later, and she was like, "Oh, you're still really angry," and I was. I was still angry. I'm still angry. I'm I'm sad and I'm angry, and you know it's just not a thing that you really fully come back from, and. It, I was, I, but she was like, "You're still mad," and I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I, I spent time and effort and energy, and it's hard. It's hard to talk to a person who is so down that you love that you're trying to convince not to do this, and they do it. And that yeah. sounds selfish of me to be like, I spent time on this, but it, it's like, but you, you know, it just feels like you tried so hard." And then this person is just like, go fuck yourself. Like, and that hurts and it's hard. And I, so I just, I, I understood Maya being angry because yeah. she's surrounded by people who are trying to force her to react in a way that she does not feel comfortable reacting and is not ready to react. She is not a performatively emotional person. She never has been. We've never seen her be that mm-hmm. way. She's fairly closed off. Um, and, you know, and so her, not being like 
openly grieving, like, but people forcing her, and she's angry because of that. She's angry because she feels like she was abandoned. Yeah. She's angry because she had no way to help, and she didn't know she had to be helping. And she feels guilty, and it's like, it's all of these different things that are, like, now mashed into this, like, now get on the stage. Yeah. And talk to the people. And it's like, I, I was I was angry for her. So while she is, like, like basically, like, freaking out publicly, I was like, and everyone is so uncomfortable. I was kind of delighted by how uncomfortable everyone was. No, I was, like, all about it. Yeah. I was, I was like, truly delighted by how uncomfortable everyone was. Because yeah. I was, like... Like and I and again, this is it's, what grief looks like. Yeah, but uh, grieves differently. I'm like, you guys shouldn't have forced her into this. And again, it's like the thing of like nobody deserves blame for anything that's happening. No one deserves blame because no one knows how to react to this. Yeah. But the fact that they did all like force her into this was like, yeah, feel uncomfortable because this is her. This is like Maya's living this her is, truth. This is how she is feeling about the situation. You wanted her to talk about. her feelings about the situation and she's this pissed. Is what you're getting she's sad and she's pissed yeah and i fucking get it she's i just and the grieving process is not a linear hell deal. no hell no you're gonna hop around and it's all it's never really no. gonna totally and, go away and they do that whole five stages bullshit yeah. but and you may go through all of them but rarely in order yeah and also acceptance eh. You just, it just get it just hurts slightly less the, yeah. the more time goes on. It's just like, yeah, I, I recognize that this happened, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it just like doesn't hurt. It's like dull ache yeah. instead of like all-encompassing. Yeah. But it comes back, you know? It's, it, and it just depends on who you are as a person. Yeah. You might skip stages altogether. Like, you know, I like never once went through denial. Like... You know, everyone does things a little bit differently and to it, it but you, that's like exactly the way to describe it. Like it's not linear. Yeah. She's going to be all over the place. Yeah. Everyone's going to be all, gonna over, be the all place. over the place and it's not going to it doesn't have like a finite timeline. Yeah. Um, Can someone check on Eli? My <laughs> on Eli. Uh Well, that's kind of the episode though. And she well at the end, she does make up with Tori. She does. And I really, that really was, like that I scene. Need, I feel like I, it's we needed it. It's the first time she it. cries in the episode, It does. Too. I feel like we needed it. Yeah. And, like, Tori ribs her a little bit about getting snot on her shirt because I feel like Tori, <laughs> despite being Tori, really gets Maya. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. And and Tori like, was like... Okay, I can handle it. <laughs> yeah. And Tori was basically like, I wanted to be your best friend again before all of this. I just didn't know how to do it, yeah. which is fair because yeah. especially when you're the one who's like building up a problem, it's so hard to like swallow your pride, especially when you're like, you're still kind of angry, but it's also like a thing that you're like, no, I'm the mad one and you're the one in the wrong. Yeah. It's, it's very it's hard, really to hard to swallow your pride, your pride. Yeah. and be like, no, I miss you. And like, I feel like we can work through this, especially yeah. when you're 14. Yeah. When you're 14 and your friend kissed your boyfriend behind your back. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> um, um, so I'm, I'm glad that it ended on this note of, you know, the the two girls being friends again and Tori's going to help Maya through it. And Maya is like, I don't feel bad for anything that I said. I meant it. Yeah. And then she gets hoot back. Yeah. And it seems like. That's going to have a lot of messy feelings attached to it. But it was like, it was a very bittersweet note to end on. Yeah. So episode guess, title. <laughs> episode title. There Coming it back is. around. And she tries out for the symphony. She does. Oh my God. Or no, does, she doesn't. She doesn't, but she, she, she might. Maybe she will later. So many parallels. Oh my gosh. Well, that's, that's the episode. I don't think we need to do Grapevine or plug shit. The only thing that... We should plug um, is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Which we will in one second. I would also like to say we're just going to do the U.S. one because we can't. We don't have time to read through. To read all, all we'll of them. Put all of the international ones in the description. Yeah, our episode. description. If you I don't know if you guys read the descriptions. <laughs> you should. Holland writes them. They're funny. Eh, sometimes. This, this one's not going to be funny. This no. one's just it's just going to be a list of every single country's suicide hotline basically 
So um, if you are struggling or you know someone who is struggling, please don't be afraid to reach out to anyone. Just get help because this is a preventable problem and it's it's just it, it's the hardest thing to put another person through because as much as you don't feel like you're loved, you are loved by at least one person. There's one person that this is going to wreck and you should take care of yourself and love yourself and I don't know what else to say. I think that sums it up very nicely. Thanks. Um, but the number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, 1-800-273-8255. Um, and again, we are going to be putting the list of international ones in the description if you're not in America. But that's all we have access to in this present moment slash, again, don't need to read all of them. Um, but that's it. We love you. Love you guys. Bye, Panthers. Bye. Love you.